Welcome to the UX Joburg podcast. What you are about to listen to is a UX strategy masterclass presented by Darren Hood at a recent online UX Joburg meetup. Darren is extremely passionate about all things UX, holding 20 plus years of experience in human computer interaction and interaction design. With the last 16 years working full time in the world of UX, and speaking regularly at various conferences and events. Darren's professional footprint spans organizations such as Ford Motor Company, General Motors, Bosch, Ryder, United Wholesale Mortgage, Quicken Loans, Cengage Learning, and USA Networks, to name a few. He serves as an adjunct professor for Kent State University's UX Design Master's Program as an adjunct at Lawrence Technological University and leads UX workshops at Grand Circus. Darren is currently pursuing a PhD in educational leadership from North Central University. In addition to all of this, Darren is also the host of the World of UX podcast. Enjoy. Hello, everybody, and thank you for coming to today's talk on UX strategy. Thanks to the folks at UX Joburg for inviting me. I'm, I'm honored and of course I take a great deal of, of joy in, in sharing with the UX community. So we're gonna go ahead and dive right in today. A Little bit of an introduction for those of you that don't know me. Uh, I've been doing UX now for over 20 years, full time for 16, but I was a freelance web designer before that and was actually doing things associated with with, with UX. and. Uh, before I even realized it, and then I started reading a lot of the books and self-studying early on. So been around pretty much from the very beginning, in the days when we were mostly information architects. Uh, you see a picture of my lovely wife, Angela, there. I do believe she's on the call as well. Uh, I've got a master's uh, from Syracuse, a master's from Kent State. I get around the circuit, hence the World Usability Day uh, logo there on the left. Uh, my wife and I have four cats. Uh, I'm, I'm big into photography, been seriously into photography for the last few years, so I have a ball there. Love bike riding, and I'm a big, avid bowler, and I am a former member of the Professional Bowlers Association. Just a little bit of trivia about me, just in case you didn't know that. It's a picture of my first 300 on the screen there. Here's my footprint, as Jonathan mentioned, so I won't spend any time here, but I, I've got a pretty large footprint in the UX community, and so I'm pretty proud. And, Happy about that. So we will get right into the agenda. No more about me. Let's get into the agenda. Today for this uh, UX Strategy Master's class, I'm going to give you an introduction. It's sort of a broad introduction, though, because I want to lay a solid foundation and make sure that we're level set with regard to how we are looking at UX in general and a little bit about the history of UX to lay the foundation for getting into the topic of UX strategy. Then I'm going to spend some time defining what UX strategy is, talking about some of the common definitions that are out there, some of the common mindsets, and then I'm going to be presenting to you my perspective on UX strategy, leading us into what I call a holistic UX strategy model. Won't say anything more about that till we get into it. Once we're done with all that, I want to do a little exercise. I'm going to get into what I call an evaluation challenge, where we're going to look at the holistic UX strategy model again and have you rate yourself. So uh, I've also got some visual cues on the screen to make sure you don't have to worry about 
the definitions I gave you earlier, they will be on screen and I'll continue to, to reinforce those and share those again as we go forward. And then we're going to ask you to get into a little planning. I know you're not ready for that. You're probably not thinking about it, but we want to at least start everybody uh, to get the wheels turning, so to speak, with regard to how to apply UX strategy in your own UX practice and your own organizations. Then, of course, we'll wrap up and that'll take us into the Q&A. So let's get into the content. So our introduction. For starters, and for those of you who are familiar with me, you've seen this before, you know my mindset. With regard to this, I call this the landscape of UX. If you've been listening to the podcast and I talk about the four pillars, this is what I'm referring to. A lot of us, you'll get into conversations from time to time and someone will ask you what UX is. What do you do for a living? What is UX? Can you help me to understand it? And a lot of times we are like deer in the headlights. At that point, we're a little shocked. We don't know what to think. We don't know how to describe it because the question doesn't come up a whole lot, not to the point where we're away from UX professionals and have to explain it. And then we recognize the challenge. Over the course of the last few years, I've been putting this illustration together to help UX professionals understand what UX is. Now, if you can't read it, don't be alarmed. You're going to get a uh, 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 to be able to look at the, you're going to be able to look at this later on video if you want to dive into it. I share this a lot on social media so you can get it and then zoom in on it and look at some of the specifics. The purpose of this illustration is to show people how broad UX is. The four pillars being heuristics and usability, information architecture, research, and interface and interaction design with a lot of subsets, deliverables, methods, methodologies are spattered all throughout this illustration. But it's critical to understand how broad UX is. If we trivialize it, if we minimalize it, if we discount what UX is, that is going to pose a problem for you and your business. It's going to pose a problem when you're trying to get buy-in from your executives, from your leadership, your C-level people. When you're trying to illustrate how critical it is that you get the right person in and you can't just have UX done by anybody and that it's very complex, then we do ourselves a disservice, a disservice, and we do the discipline a disservice. So I share this just so people can see how broad UX is. When we talk about the history of UX, we go back to the mid-1990s when UX really began to take its, its first foothold upon the world. And that's when Don Norman became the first person to have anything related to UX in their job title. He was working for Apple, and he wanted to be called a user experience architect. And that was a nice vision into the future because that title really didn't become mainstream until about 2007, somewhere of 2007 to 2010, that you started seeing it uh, uh, from a broad perspective. But after that, when the everything began to take off in the late 90s and everybody was starting to jump to the internet, whether it was individuals or whether it was companies who wanted to have an internet presence, UX began to shift. Uh, people began to see having UX people on board or at least having the practice applied to what they were doing. They started to see it as being important. However, you look on the bottom where you see the Digitas LBI, the MRM McCann, and the Sapient Nitro logos, the, the creative agencies pretty much led the way with regard to UX and companies were bringing in the agencies to help people 
with the UX work. Not too long after that, roughly somewhere from 2003 to 2005, IBM and NASA both published some, some very, what became some very popular research where they found that for every dollar you invest in UX, you could get anywhere for 100 to $250. So the ROI was pretty attractive. And so a lot of the corporations began getting on board with regard to, to UX. But what was interesting was that while the agencies were on board and the agencies understood UX and where it fit in their teams and in their organizations and with the value they were bringing their clients, a lot of the corporations did not. They just saw the ROI. They started adding people in. I love how someone put it once. They started decorating their teams with with people holding positions, but not necessarily understanding the work at large. That contributed to the last two illustrations, the one on the bottom and the one upper right, where you have a lot of people trying to fill these positions as articles are everywhere talking about how big of a, a future UX has and how this is one of the hottest disciplines and you gotta get involved in UX. But there's a problem because people are filling the positions, but a lot of companies don't know what UX is. And what you're about to see is that UX strategy is starting to get lost. Any UX strategy that was that was taking place starts to become minimalized, and we start to get to a point where UX strategy is being completely overlooked for the most part. Is I use the word completely loosely. You are hard pressed. Whereas you might have some UX strategists that you know, and Sam Dollar has UX strategists on board with their team, but that's because they understand the importance of UX strategy. Organizations and individuals, for the most part, people don't understand the importance of UX strategy. And so what I want to do today is really spend some time stressing what UX strategy is helping to likely tweak everyone's definition or what we see UX strategy to be, and then challenge you to make sure that you start looking at UX strategy and putting it at the forefront of your UX operations. It is, it is critical. So what is UX strategy? Well, here are some common definitions. The first one from a company called MentorMate, they, say, they state that UX strategy is simply the plan and approach for a digital product. And I'm not slamming anybody's definitions per se, but I will tell you up front, these are a little on the short-sighted side because if you just focus on planning, you're going to run into some issues. Foolproof says that UX strategy is a long-term plan to align every customer touchpoint with your vision for user experience. This is a little bit better. It's a little bit broader. I would say that if you embraced this definition that it would get you a little further along in your UX strategy efforts, but I'd say we're still not where we need to be. The third one from Nomensa says, an experience design process that plans, identifies, and underwrites the implementation of the necessary value differentiators a brand needs to create sustainable competitive advantage. If you're a seasoned UX professional like me, you, also, you realize that while this might hit the nail on the head a little bit more. It's also very complex. It almost sounds like you're reading 
tax paperwork or some <laughs> some legal documentation. So I'd say that this one is not very practical, though I understand what it is that they're trying to to illustrate. From there, let's look at what I consider to be a more reliable and a more practical definition. It's still on the short side, but at the same time, while it's on the short side, it, it still lends itself to uh, practicality. So I define it as the overarching plan to manage UX operation and project-based engagement for the business. So if you, I hope you're already noticing, I'm already branching outside of your basic project planning, and now we're looking at management of the UX operation as a whole to give you sort of a hint of where we're about to go. So why is UX strategy important then? Well, from a project perspective, you need to be able to prescribe the right tool for the right job. That's a key part and a critical aspect of UX strategy. Not all, but it's a critical part. If you fail to plan, which is all, really all strategy is, you're likely going to deliver something. Everybody delivers something. If you put code uh, in and bring up that code in the browser, the browser is going to interpret the code. It doesn't mean that you succeeded. It simply means that the browser can interpret code. But the browser is not going to let you know if something will or will not work. So you will deliver something, but it's likely going to fall short of what it could have been had you not planned uh, in a little more um, approach things from a more methodical standpoint. UX strategy also helps you to determine your levels of preparedness and capability. So again, this is a part of UX strategy that goes beyond the stereotypical norms and the assumptions about what UX strategy is, because if you decide what needs to be done on a particular project and your team doesn't have the skill sets associated with it, then you have to plan accordingly so that you can have somebody on board to execute that part of your plan. So it's not just getting the work done, but it's how you're going to get the work done and whether or not you're prepared to do the work the right way. So critical engagement factors include information being gathered in order to gain a complete understanding of the work that you need to do, key part of UX strategy. You want to identify human and information elements so you can confirm who will be impacted and involved both inside the organization as well as outside the, the organization. That's part of UX strategy as well. Again, broadening the scope a little, little bit. Desired outcomes and timelines have to be vetted out in order to confirm what the goals are for this, for this initiative, whatever you're working on, and whether or not they align with what you as a UX team can reasonably deliver. You don't want to say you can do something and you can't. So UX strategy also then, again, it leaks over into your own personnel, your own human resources capabilities. So I hope that we're starting to broaden your perspective a little bit. Now, we can't talk about UX strategy without talking about the person who's likely the most um, known, the most famous person, the most recognizable person in UX strategy spaces. And to my knowledge, Jamie Levy is the only person who has published a book that is dedicated to the subject of UX strategy. I highly recommend the book. I'm gonna be talking about some things that are a little broader, but this book is an absolute gem. It's a treasure. And Jamie, though she talks about other people who are practicing UX strategy in her book and some of the things that they do from a UX strategy perspective, she focuses on four tenets. 
One is business strategy. And from a business strategy perspective, that is simply from her perspective, it's all about understanding the vision of the company so that you can, through your UX engagement, help to drive competitive advantage for the organization. So it's a business mindset, but it's the business mindset. It's not your business mindset. And you'll see what I mean by that in a few moments. The value innovation is number two. This has to do with the simultaneous pursuit of differentiation and low cost. So you're trying to be cost effective in what you do. You're keeping your eye on the dollars. You're you're already looking beyond standard UX operation. I laud her for that. I love the fact that she brings that up. And you're looking at your impact from a financial perspective. You have your finger on the pulse of the impact that it's going to make and that you're going to do it in a cost-effective manner. Tenant number three is validated UX research or user research, verifying that you're on the right track with what it is that you're proposing to be done. So you're basically validating your designs, validating design direction. And so user research to me, is it part of strategy? Yes, but it's also a standalone mechanism that's just part of your UX operation. And then all these things lead up to what she refers to as killer UX design, taking advantage of innovation opportunities while applying best practices and being mindful of the critical touch points with a product or with a solution. So that's what you roll out at the end, that everything else that you've done should pave the way that you deliver an absolutely optimal UX experience. That's what sound UX strategy will afford you. That's the door that it will open up instead of people just doing the work, instead of people just getting something done and pushing something out because the client wants something. We don't want to be satisfied just delivering something. We want to deliver the best possible thing that we can do, and that requires engagement from a UX strategy perspective. Now, here's where I'm going to shift, and and I'm going to introduce a different model, one that I think is a bit more practical, and it's definitely more holistic because it applies to not just the work that you're doing, but it applies to your operation and how you fit within an organization and have some mindsets behind how you do that. And then the UX maturity management, which is one of the things we want to stress during this talk today. If you do the work, but you don't run your UX operation like it's your business, you're going to look at things differently. You're going to apply yourself differently. There are things that are going to get overlooked because, of course, if it's your own business, you, you take more ownership you're more accountable, and you focus a bit more than what you would do if you were just punching a clock and going home. So number one, project focus. Selecting the right tool for the job. This is base UX strategy that no matter what definition you see about UX strategy is going to entail, include being project focused. We all know that. But the next one, and I was getting ahead of myself a little bit, is what I call framework focus. So. The segment number two is about being an entrepreneur, not an entrepreneur, not a person that's starting your own business on the outside, but running an operation on the inside of someone else's company as if it is your own, as if it is your own.